you're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Welcome to Voices of Value, Peter Kakos here with my good friend Rick Rushton. Rick, welcome. Thank you, mate, and a very special guest today, someone we've both known for the better part of two decades. It's been quite some time since uh, since I met this great man, Richard Day, who, uh, who joins us in the studio today. And uh, Rick, give, perhaps give us a little bit of an uh, intro into Richard. Well, Richard's time tested, a bit like Shanna a few weeks ago when we brought someone who was doing coaching long before the title of coaching was really used as much as it is today. He's someone who's actually uh, trained in that elite field, has done a lot of work with athletes, worked in powerhouse organisations like the North Melbourne Football Club. Pete, I knew that would excite you. Um, But has done a lot of work with organisations you would know and organisations you wouldn't know. And all he does is he gathers the talent in that organisation and then brings to the full potential what those results can look like. Richard, uh, first of all, welcome to Voices of Value. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Rick. And when, uh, when we discussed sort of what the conversation was going to be today, and uh, as Rick and I most often do, is just let you sort of lead it. We'll, um, we'll ask some questions, tap into that great mind of yours, but particularly around that, the coaching side of things. And we always, on this show, look for life hacks and, and, and ways to do things better. And first of all, Richard, what are you seeing out there is probably the, uh, the biggest challenges that, um, that your clients are facing? It's a good question, and I actually think it's got an, a very – obvious answer. For me, it's the phenomena that most people do not understand what their purpose is and neither do they understand what values they live by or they honour in their world and as a result of that they don't actually understand what behaviours are appropriate to display or use in both their life and business pursuits. And, you know, I think if we did a random survey, like if you went out into the street and you actually asked any number of people, tell me what your purpose in life would be, yep. it would be a fascinating response. My, my sense of it would be you'd probably have less than 1% or 2% who would actually be able to articulate clearly what it is. Mm. So obviously quite difficult to navigate through life without, without that purpose. And I love how the purpose leads to values, leads to behaviours. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So in terms of purpose, give, can you give us an example sort of, sure. a, of, of a purpose? And so uh, my purpose at the moment is change the world one conversation, one experience at a time. What that simply means for me is my world right at this point is the two of you in this space. Yep. And that means that I then have to hold myself to account as to how I interact with you, what behaviours I bring to the discussion and what, what do I display that lends authenticity to who I claim to be. And the, and, the, and the great thing about a purpose is that there's really sort of three characteristics of a purpose that are critical. One, it needs to be inspirational. Yep. Number two, it needs to be aspirational, so you can never have really got there. <laughs> and the third thing is it's actually got to have a benefit to humanity because that actually brings in 
a much bigger game. Mm. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to unpacking all of that in yeah. our conversation. Luckily, we've got uh, a bit more time this week to, to sort of really delve deep into those things, Pete. But I just want to – and we hate looking backwards in this show, but I think it's important just to give people some context about the person we're talking to here today because Richard Day is time-tested in this area, but he's also got some timeless universal principles that I know he was sharing with me. And I, I, I really know how well someone's communicating something, not so much by how I listen to it because I interact with everybody, but how the audiences I was introducing and you were introducing Richard to, you know, back in the Halcyon days of the late yeah. 90s, um, that people just come to me and say, he's got so much, you know, just great content that, you know, it doesn't need the hype. You know, if you look past the hype, those are easy things I can use in my workplace, but also in my personal space. So Richard, just give our listeners a bit of a, a, a snapshot of your journey very quickly so that we get an understanding about the sort of, I guess, the time-tested abilities that you're mm. bringing to the table today. Thanks, Rick. Well, I did a degree in human performance and the back in the day, which was in the 1980s when I graduated, the path for that sort of degree was really teaching. And as much as I love teaching, because I love working with kids, I love working with anybody who's actually got an open mind. And, and my take on it is that the earlier you get a human being, the more open their mind is. Yeah, sure. Yep. You know, and, and that was a, an option. But I decided I wanted to work in the health space and so I went into that space and it was a time where high-performance coaching was really coming into Infancy, vogue. Infancy, really, wasn't it? Oh, massively. Yeah. I mean, compared to today, yeah, yeah. it's extraordinary. In any case, I played in that space with a whole variety of athletes and sports teams, state cricket, t- state cricket squad for 10 years. Yeah. And at the same time, I was managing a health centre at the time. Yeah. And then I started doing work with executives in health management. So I was an exercise physiologist and they'd come in and do a stress test and you'd actually watch what they were doing and look at their heart rate and their QRS complex, which is a simple ECG trace. And you'd be able to say to these people, look, you've got a significant issue here or you don't. And what started to really impact me was that people would come in, you know, high-level executives who – had really serious health issues and you would actually say, look, there's something you really need to address here Mm. and I'd be working with a doctor so it's not just me saying this and they'd turn around and say, well, I don't have time for this and you sort of think, I don't really understand. I mean, I understand it but I don't understand it because unless you're the best version of yourself, how can you possibly do that job to what the shareholders may expect? And that was my mindset and Mm. I, I could never work that out as to why people would actually ignore really, really big health issues just to keep going, working these massive weeks, ignoring everything except the work. Yep. And it's just not a way to live. And so I started to think about that. What's, what, is the, what is the game of life and how do you play it? And you know, I'm not sure how many people have thought about this, but the game of life is actually f- incredibly simple, but you have to know how to simplify it. And that's where the purpose piece comes in. And so after doing that work, I started to realise that it wasn't really working with people's health as much as it was working with their mindset and their health. And that's when I just started, uh, you know, I put a shingle out and I call myself a potentialist. And it's really the essence of what I do because it's about taking the concept that everyone has a degree of potential within them and it's how far and how how much they want to magnify that. Mm. And that's an individual choice. It's not me telling someone what to do. But if someone says, I'd like to be a little bit happier, I'd like to be a little bit more financially secure, I'd like to be a little bit more assertive, then there are aspects of, you know, self-mastery and self-leadership that I think 
is valuable for people to learn. And, and you're right, Rick, it's, it's actually about very simple strategies because if you don't make it simple, how do people actually then implement it? Yeah. Richard, you said earlier, uh, the earlier you get to a person, the more open their mind. I'm fascinated mm. with that. So you deal a lot more with you know, the, the, um, the older generation or the, the more mature generation from, from teaching children and so forth. How do you get someone to open their mind now? Someone who's older, someone who I guess has been caught in their groove and they've etched this, uh, this way of life. How do you reshape that? How do you get them to think differently? Because their work defines them, doesn't it? You know, their yeah. title defines them. You know, I am a CEO or I'm a leader or I'm something mm. you know, where you're basically saying you're probably not playing to the full of your potential. So you know, how do you, it's a great question. How do you unlock that as Pete was asking? Yeah, look, I think if we go back, so the first thing is, you know, if, if, if I ask somebody, I don't care who they are, they can be in business, they can be in sport, they can be a family person, they can be a friend. If, if I say to them, what's your purpose? And they can articulate it clearly then at least we've got a starting point. And so then to answer Peter's question, how do you actually establish whether they've got an open mind? The most powerful skill I think anyone can use as a leader or a coach or a parent, excuse me, is to learn how to ask really powerful questions. And the questions reveal whether a person is open or not. So for argument's sake, the, the, the six question words that I think are critical in coaching conversations and leadership conversations moreover are who, what, why, where, when, and how. And so if I said to you, Peter, for example, so Peter, uh, how did you come into the podcast today? How did you travel in? By car. Okay. What was the journey like? It was um, well. It's interesting. <laughs> I had a conversation with Rick. I can't understand how um, how they can uh, town planners can make two lanes merge into one and think that's a good thing. But um, but yeah, it was it was a little bit frustrating. A little bit of traffic on the road. Cool. And if I then said to you, how open are you to taking another form of transport? How would you answer that? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be quite open. Okay, so in the essence of that little exercise there, you actually get to the initial crux of whether someone's open. So once someone says they're open, yeah. You then, I don't know, this is going to sound a little bit uh, off-putting, but then you set multiple traps for them mm. to see how open they really are. So Peter can say, yeah, I'm really open, yet if he said then in the next sentence, but I won't travel on trams yep. or I won't ride and I'm, not, I'm certainly not a walker, mm. then I'm starting to think, how open is he yeah. really? Yeah. And so that's, that's yep. a bit about how you play the game there. Outside gotcha. of a train, he's not very open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, might take a, a billy segue. cart. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can lead that horse to water. So, how do you make it drink? So, so yeah. Okay, I'm open. And and you know, what would be the the initial steps in sort of you know breaking down these barriers and getting them to to sort of think differently? Because it's one thing to be open to. It's nothing to actually do. So it's mm. the actions that determine it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Look, I, I think it's a great question. I think there's something that I I like to use a lot. Um, I call it respectful tension or perturbation. And a lot of people have never heard the word. But perturbation. Perturbation. I yep. love the new words. Jot that down. Perturbation simply means that you agitate something subtly. And to find out where a person, how open they are and whether they're prepared to be open, it's just about actually perturbating them or agitating them a little bit and actually asking slightly more powerful questions. Yeah. And what that will reveal is what their level of openness actually is. So I think at the start of the session today, I said to you, 
or I may not, if maybe I said it in my mind, but <laughs> but my thought was that, you know, ask me anything, I'm an open book. Yeah. And I actually am. Yeah. Um, and you'll, f- I mean, you can find that out by whatever question you ask. So if someone says that, you know you've got a live one. And when I say a live one, I actually think people are walking around in various states of life. Some people walk around and they're really in life and you can tell they're in life because their energy, their eyes, their whole physical appearance gives you the vibe that they're connected and then you can and I know this, I can see Rick nodding sagely here as if, he, as if he's never... Rick's eyes just open wider. <laughs> he totally gets it and so do you, Peter. But, you know, and that's the, that's the tragedy because when I see people who are not connected, then they're not playing the game the way the game should be played for them. Yeah. You see, so they're playing on someone else's field based on someone else's rules and that's where people become disconnected and that's why this purpose piece is so criti- critical because... Once you start understanding what your purpose is, you can start making decisions about, well, am I playing in the right space, Mm. you know, or am I playing in a space that's actually not right for me and I've never realised it really but now I do because this is who I want to be and this organisation is not on that path. Yeah. Yeah. Or this person is not on that path with me. Might might be a partner, mm. or you know, um, my you know my teammates are not on the on the same path with me. So that's why I think it's so critical to actually have a concept of it. And the good thing about all this, Pete, is that Richard's actually not speaking from theory here. He's actually lived this a lot, yeah. specifically when and you know I, I know I don't even have to say I'm, I'm sure you'll be hopefully happy to share the, the personal story. But you know I always remember you telling me that um, I can't remember whether it was your father or Jen's father, but at some stage when you said I'm going to get work for myself here and set my own sort of oh, yeah, it was my dad yeah. your dad yeah, yeah yeah okay and so just yeah. talk t- tell us through uh, as i heard that story i just chuckled because that was me in so many ways you know just a few years behind you really but yeah share yeah. the story well i was talking to my dad one day and um i love you man he's not around any longer <laughs> but i he's still a important person in my life and and i said to my dad you know um oh, dad you know i'm thinking of going to work for myself and and my dad's advice was, son, he said, there's three things you have to do. He said, you've got to get a job that's stable so that you can pay a mortgage and that's the game. And I thought to myself, you know, it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> it wasn't so much the paying the mortgage bit. I mean, I get that bit. Um, it, it was – it's the fact that working for someone else, at some point it started to – it helped me start to realise that how could I be – maximizing my potential if I was working for someone else who plays a different game mm. so you can you can actually work with people where the game is really similar so you know example is I'm watching the two of you interact before we started talking and I'm thinking then there's some real you know there's a connection there and so that tells me something about the purity of the game so it can work yet if you truly want to maximize that you've then got to say to yourself well which areas of my life am I being hamstrung or which areas of my life is my purpose not coming into focus because of X, Y, and Z? Mm. And, and again, that comes back to this openness bit. So if, a, if you're sitting with a person and say, so where do you feel the interference is? And they might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing work that I just don't want to do, right? Mm. And I've had this conversation with people and then they'll, and, and I'll say, okay, so what, what's the solution? What does is, what is a better work look like for you? And then I'll say, look, that's a great question, but, you know, I, I'm not going to go there because there's too much superannuation involved here. And right at that point, you start to get the insight about how open they are. Yeah. I remember doing a session one day with a group of people and I said that this guy was saying, I hate my job, I hate my – and I said to him, 
why do you do it? And he goes, what? I've been working here for 20 years. I've got another two years to go to maximise my super. <laughs> and you're actually saying, why do I do it? And I said, okay, let me simplify it for you. I think what, we're real, what you're really saying to me is that your happiness is completely related to money. And he says, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. And I said, well, if you're not saying that, why is the superannuation payout such a big issue for you? So that's another example of how a person reveals whether they're open or not, mm. right? Yeah. So he said, so don't tell, you know, don't stand out the front in this seminar and tell me I've got choice. I don't have choice. I said, well, I'm sorry, but you do. Yeah. No one's making, no one's forcing you to work here, no, are they? No one's got a gun to your head to say you must Exactly. Do he goes, yeah. oh, yeah, but the, mor you know, the mortgage is the gun. I said, well, man, that's a choice. You can also revisit that if you want to. So I think hopefully, Peter, that starts to yeah. give you this idea that you only really get into these people when you're prepared to, to, to challenge their paradigm a little bit. Mm. And so you can really only work with people in the game that I'm in if people are genuinely open to want to explore what their interferences are. Mm. Uh, and, and before I'm quiet for a minute, can I just share with you a really cool model that I think may resonate with the listeners? And, and that is... It's a model that came from um, a coach who actually wrote a book on tennis, which then morphed into one of the the sort of fundamental pillars of coaching. And unfortunately, I can't remember the, the guy's name to quote it. However, in the book, he talks about this really simple model. He, he calls it the performance model. So it's performance equals potential minus interferences. And that's one of the most powerful concepts I've ever come across because it simply means that we can have our performance and our potential can completely align. The only thing that gets in the way of those two synergistic outcomes is, is interferences. Mm. And the great thing is every human being has them. So you, can can you give coach, us some examples of yeah, interferences? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, great interference. Uh, a good example of an interference for me this morning was I was at the gym, right, and I've actually slightly damaged my knee. It's no big deal. It's, it's, I think it's actually a uh, bone bruising, but it's getting better. So that's an interference for me because I go into the gym and on a certain day I've got a certain program I want to run. And instead of stepping in there and going, I'm going to do this program, I actually had to say to myself, hmm, I've got to modify this and actually see how it'll go. Now, that's a tiny little interference, but I was aware of the slight, oh, I was really hoping to bust out a big leg, leg workout. And for those of you who know me, I have to do lots of big leg workouts <laughs> because my legs are less than impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I actually think my calves are actually bigger than Kevin Durant's though. Well, uh, well <laughs> we should talk about – oh, Kevin Durant, he hasn't got very big calves if exactly. my memory is. I was going to say we should talk about a calf well, transplant why, or something. That's why I'm called chicken legs as well. <laughs> but, but, You've but got so, lots of things, mate. Chicken legs is just one of the more reputable ones we can say online. So hopefully that's an example of the interference piece. It, yep. You know, another example in a, in a more day-to-day you know, scenario might be that you're running late for an appointment right and and you want to make a good impression but you're aware as you're going into this space that you're five minutes late because you haven't planned your journey properly mm. and so the interference may be that you're thinking about mm, how do I make up for this mm. this impression I may have made yeah so it, interferences occur all the time I think it's about recognizing them and what about say the interferences of someone in a workspace um, and and the, their colleagues or something like that would would they be sort yeah. of interference? They allow that sort of, sort of to creep in. Absolutely. So you know, an example might be that 
you and I are in the same business and, and you and I, we go to a board meeting and you share with me all these great ideas, right? And they're your ideas, but I go into the board meeting, which you sit at, and I say, oh, look, I had these great ideas. And you're sitting there thinking, hang on, if my memory serves me correctly, <laughs> they were actually my ideas. And so that's an interference because at this point, you're starting to ask the question, well, what do I do? Especially if he has a purpose which is clear and especially if you've got values which are clear because like, let's say if one of your values is honesty, how's he now going to actually address it? Yeah, in the you words see? of Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And see, that's why the game gets simple, you know, because you go, this is my purpose, these are my values. Mm. So if you hang out with a person in the board meeting who takes your ideas as their own, and you fail to do something about that in a conversation, right? And your value is honesty, and or let's say it's honesty and trust. Man, you're really baking an interesting cake right now. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's really going to turn out an upside down cake in some respects because mm. you're not really being authentic for who you say you are. So mm. that's a massive interference. So mm. what you don't confront, you validate. Yeah, exactly. And the yeah, standards you let walk past are the ones you accept all the way through. Mm. I think the other thing, Pete, when we got the great fortune of collaborating with Richard back a long, long time ago when we both had hair, Rich, and Pete yeah. still got his. And, um, that's what I love about podcasts. It was no, a, one can, uh, no one can see anybody. We've got a great head for podcasts, both of us combined. <laughs> but... Um, um, I always remember introducing you as someone who I, I would say to, to an audience, you know, hands are those who think their current results are matching their full potential. And if it was a room of 50 people, 500 people, it didn't matter. There, there'd be no hands going up because mm. everyone would actually mm. confess that they probably weren't running at optimum. Mm. And one of the things I think that you, the great gift you bring to an individual or an organisation is you say, if this is our potential – you coach the gap between mm. the results currently mm. and the end results. What are two? Uh, and you've talked about the purpose and the and the values. And when you when your purpose and values are very clear, decisions are very easy to make. I get all that. But when you go into a group, let's say it's a it's an office situation where you you've met me. I'm the leader of the team. Mm. Well, Rick's open. He's open to learning. He's very sponge worthy. You know, in, in those words, yeah, he's going to lap up everything I give. But now I've got to meet his team who who have confessed that their results probably aren't in line with their mm. their potential market opportunities mm. and things of that nature. How do you coach that gap specifically when their main answer might be because the market's tough or because the company needs to do this or yeah, they don't take the inward look. How do you how do you coach that one? So let's let's just do that. That's a great little role play that our listeners may really yep. appreciate. So let let's just run that. So I might say, so as the individual who might be in the space, and I say to you, Rick, so how do you think you're performing at the moment? Oh, and your answer is... I think it's okay. Yeah. Given the market, I think it's okay. Okay. What is it about the market that you think is impacting your performance personally? Oh, look, unless you're sort of living on Mars, I mean, you know, the, the market's come back a bit, Richard, so it's much tougher now in 2019 than it was in 2017, that's for sure. Okay. So what skills could you exert that you know you have to change the way you interface with the real estate environment at the moment? Oh, well, I could probably... Yeah, I could probably communicate the change better, just educate my clients as to what the, you know, I didn't create the shift, but, you know, explain to them where the opportunities are in that shift potentially. Uh-huh. And how well do you think you're doing that at the moment? Well, clearly I could be doing better. Okay. So, see, right in that instance there, you get an insight because right at that point, if we were playing chess… Yeah, he's, I'm checkmate. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting you're checkmate, but he's in check, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because at that point, what he's just come up with is the realisation that he could be doing better. Yeah. So the next question is really quite easy. What does doing better look like yeah. and what behaviours do you think you could start demonstrating Love that it. would actually work? 
So, so I just don't want our listeners just to then uh, tune out from that and go on to the next hack. That's a that's a pretty powerful process. If you're a leading a team at the moment, wouldn't that be a great way of going about it? Isn't it? I just love the metaphor as well of a check versus checkmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah check, you can still move. Correct. Get away with the checkmate. Okay, it's game over. Well, you're not in checkmate. Yeah. You're in check. So you can actually make a shift right now. Yeah. 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 What decision is that going to be? Yeah. Which is going to get you back on the right path. But I'm hoping our listening audience, Pete, gets a sense of how Richard works. He doesn't actually direct anyone to anything. He collaborates with them to the point where they end up making the decision yeah, themselves it's because powerful, it's it? just it's almost like once I've got that realisation once I've got that new learning well I'm, it's my fault now if I don't take the action it's my more for, more for me if I don't actually uh, do it but if someone's directing me to say I don't think your results are in line with your potential you go well hang on my answer to that is well the markets come back mm. yeah. where Rich is saying but you know how could you be better in that space what could you be doing better and, and I think what um People would dig into that if, if it's sort of that force versus flow and by asking questions and getting them to come to their own realisation, it becomes a lot more powerful and there was no Correct. there was no sort of animosity in that, what, what Rick was saying. And, yep. and I know with a lot of coaching, um, sometimes it's like people go into um, – into that mode of defence mm. um, rather than than openness. And that's yeah. going to come from that's, – that's what a great coach will do, won't they? They'll yeah. yeah. I, I think the other bit there too is for the, the listeners who have families and, um, you know, parent kids at various stages of their, their life is the skill of parenting or leading through questions. So one of the biggest things in leadership at the moment is the concept of leadership slash coaching yeah. and leaders moving more towards this concept of being able to ask the questions that allow the individual to come to the answer yeah. rather than being told because you know I'm one person who really doesn't like to be told yeah and that's yeah. an aspect that's an aspect of <laughs> arrogance <laughs> well yeah maybe I think yeah, yeah absolutely I mean everything's got to do with the aspects of that because I remember you once telling me that collaboration leads to innovation but direction often often leads to resistance because Correct. I hate being directed yeah if I'm collaborating yeah, now I'm, I've got a chance to be part of the solution absolutely and I'm yeah. going to own part of that solution aren't Correct. I because Correct. it's part of me exactly that's 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 perfectly said. So I think, yeah. you know, the con- – So that, Pete? Perfectly said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Write it down. Write it down. Yeah. Jot that down in your journals, team. I'm not sure – actually, I might have to revisit that. I'm not sure if anyone can be perfectly said. <laughs> However, <laughs> it was a nice concept. All our teachers that are now listening saying, can I have Richard's email, please? So I can just give you some grammatical advice. And whilst we are on that, we will have the links through to your site. But just if someone wanted to get in touch with you, we're certainly not at the end of the, uh, the podcast at the moment, but what would be a great resource or a great way to get in touch with you from your website or your email? It would be potentialist at iCloud.com. Okay, potentialist at iCloud.com, and we'll have the link in the uh, in the actual notes of the show, so that's important. Before we uh, move on to, to values, and I'm loving this purpose conversation, and then we'll move on to values and, and behaviours and so forth, particularly behaviours, but you said about inspirational, aspirational, and the, and the last thing you said in that, in that purpose was the benefit to humanity. Mm. Now, you know, Rick and I both love, mm. you know, Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins was like, is it good for you? Is it good for others? Is it good for the greater good? Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing humanity as a greater good mm. here. Yeah. Would, would it be fair to say that? Absolutely, yeah. um, Could you elaborate a bit more on this benefit to humanity? And sure. So- Okay, so a practical thing would be in this concept of changing the world one conversation, one experience at a time, I think we live in a society where giving people genuine compliments is is 
almost non-existent. And so one of the small ways I do that is if I think somebody's done something that's really extraordinary, that I'll give them a three-layered compliment. I'll actually tell them what I liked about it. I'll tell them what specifically it was about what I liked and I'll tell them the impact on me as a result of the behaviour. Wow. Well, I like that. Can you say that again? Yeah. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, so it's, it's telling them what it is you like. So an example might be, you know, if you're having a coffee, you know, and you get this coffee that's just like from another world because it's exactly how you love it, then I'd go to the barista and say, man, that was an amazing coffee. What I really liked about the coffee was this and this. Mm. And then without going into raptures, I'd simply say, you know what, that also starts my day off really well, man, so thank you for your role in that. Now, yeah, you might go... Brilliant. Love that, love you, it. You might go, well, you know, it's overkill. Well, that's okay. You don't have to do the third stage if you don't want. It's just that if you want someone to cognitively register with the compliment, you have to layer it so it locks in. Because if you just say to someone, good coffee, coffee yeah. well, you know, well, it's Throw better away. than saying bad coffee. Yeah. Mm. Um, I always find it interesting, though, because I've learned to make sure I ask people whether they like a compliment yeah, because yeah. some people don't like it and that's from experience, let me tell you. Yeah. So I always say now, may I give you a compliment, right? Yeah. And it's really interesting if you watch their body language and the way they respond to that, I get the sense that they're always they're ready to get something. No, I actually say, may I give you a compliment or may I give you some feedback? Yeah, if it's a compliment, it's straight up. They yep. usually go, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Feedback, but they think it's feedback, negative? That, absolutely. Yeah, they right. always, they, they sort of tense up. Yep. I just notice a change in their energy state. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and then you say, you know, I really loved how you did that, specifically this bit and this bit. It's a great skill. Yeah. And they look at you as if to say, <laughs> hang on, you know, did I really hear that? <laughs> did you really actually just give me feedback that was positive? I mean, so what it, we're hearing there is the greater good doesn't have to be let's clean the oceans and let's clean up the ozone layer. It can be as simple as changing someone's world because if you change their world, you change course. the world. And then they pass it on and then pass it's, it on. It's just, I think it's just brilliant to think that it, let's use that, uh, that analogy of the, of the coffee that they've put a lot of love into it. And most baristas, that yeah. they've got a huge amount of love that they put into that coffee. Absolutely. For you to then go back and give that feedback, and, and it started your day off beautifully, yeah. but that feedback, that that compliment, is going to just put them on cloud nine, isn't it? It's just yeah, it rolls. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful way to sort of feed it forward, isn't it? And the other thing, Pete, um, and as our listeners are listening to this and saying that's a great idea, I've actually witnessed Richard do that live. We travelled a bit, um, yeah. and I always remember we were at a, a restaurant somewhere, and we were just talking about one of the things that Richard does incredibly well is that he'll say, if you had to colour in a crocodile, what colour would it be? Would it be green? Would it be grey? Would it be whatever? We had one wait- waitress one night, I'll never forget it, and she just looked at me and she goes, I don't get the question. <laughs> I remember thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, if you're, uh, if we could just speak to your uh, employer at the moment, yeah, like, we want to give some feedback. Yeah, yeah, if you're paying her to be rude, she's employee of the month, is what you're thinking, but you don't say it. But yet I've seen other people where Richard would thank someone at the airport just for taking his sort of, you know, boarding pass mm-hmm. and, you know, like it's... It, it, this man lives it, which I think is the congruent part of authenticity that we talk about a lot. So that ability to give that three-layer compliment is something I've witnessed him do, and that just popped into my head that time. I don't know if we, I can't remember. Where we were in Queensland, I think it was in Fraser, Fraser, Fraser Island. Island. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And it was just—I'll never forget that because the lady walked away, and we looked at each other, and we just giggled ourselves, laughing, thinking, you know, that's disappointing for her, but we couldn't really change. And there's the example of someone you just really can't change because they're not open to the to the opportunity. Yeah, it's funny you should say about that because I'm sitting here thinking also based on Peter's question about openness, I'm also thinking to myself, you know, 
maybe I didn't ask the question as well as I could. Yeah, that's it. So, so you know, the, the, there's the other so side of it. You guys feel bad now, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. We've got, got a growth opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and that's you, a, you could call that negative. But and that's the point. Let's, so let's the, just make sure we're tuning in before we broadcast. And, 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 and I think that's the point. You know, like you can actually look at that and we can talk about it. And, and I'd, I definitely would admit that back in that day, I think I'm more open and more more – aware of myself than I was back then. Yeah. And you'd hope so because there's been a bit of time passed. Yeah, wisdom comes with a bit more yeah, exactly. of uh, being around the uh, planet a few times. And, yeah. You know, one of the things I also used to love about uh, Richard when I'd introduce him because, you know, I, I'd give him this big, you know, pa- you know, pump up about, you know, he's time tested, he's all these things. And then uh, please welcome Richard Day and he'd come out and he'd say, oh, sorry, Rick, I, I don't think I can. And he really <laughs> he really would pretend that he was struggling with public speaking and then uh, and then you see the audience just go, oh, my God, where's this going? And then all of a sudden, bang, he would just tune in. And he'd talk about that distinction about really it's a choice about how we carry ourselves and our energy and things of that nature. And then he'd be wearing as he is today, and it's hard for our listeners, but, you know, he's, he's, he's in a pristine white uh, shirt. He's got a, an amazing. Just, I know what you're going to say here. Well, it's just come to me now. Yeah, there you go. So I'll let you tell the story because it's a great oh, one, isn't it? Do you remember it? Is it? Absolutely sensational. Yeah. I'm just thinking. Isn't it one of the great distinctions? Say? Here we so, go. Yeah. So Richard's up talking to the, the audience and talking about you know from the outside you, you you might think that everything's going on well, but what's really going on behind the scenes? What's really going on underneath this? Uh, I don't know this aura that you've created around you. And then um, Richard's writing on the board. All of a sudden, takes off. His, uh, his suit jacket, he's got this pristine white shirt on and then starts writing on the board and in the back of his shirt is just ripped to shreds. <laughs> oh, it just with, came to with me. words on it like loser. Yeah, yeah. and everything <laughs> like that. Talk us through that, Rich. That, that, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And, and please get, go into more explanation about it because, sure. gee, that's, that's, that's you, incredibly powerful. Are you powerful. saying that we didn't pre-frame that properly? Well, I, well, think okay, okay. Yeah, no, right. I think you did okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that a three-layered feedback? Just okay. I only felt one layer there. <laughs> no, it's absolutely I didn't feel right. Mate. And that's absolutely old. right. See, and if I wasn't an open person, I'd say, oh, Rick, I think you're overanalyzing. But because I'd like to think I'm open, I'd say, absolutely, Rick, you only got one lay and but thank you. But for, you know what? I tried to emulate that about seven years ago and everyone looked at me like, what's your point? It was like that good joke told badly. Yeah, sure. Um, but but talk us through it because that that's still, I would say that's 20, 25 years ago for me. Yeah. And that still is as etched in my mind and the impact and the power of it. So yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. And to be true and um, um, the, way, the way the world works, it was part of a program that I did with a, a very powerful mentor of mine who's also um, left, this, um, left this place. And his name was Roger Anthony. And he... Um, introduced me to the concept of integrity. And so the way the story went, um, and I had a similar experience when he demonstrated it to me and I started facilitating that program because it was so, so powerful. But the concept with the shirt is that um, people often are hiding behind their real truth. And so the idea, of course, is that you come into a room and you look presentable and you tick all the boxes but how many people are actually prepared to take off their jacket and reveal who they really are? And the shirt is really who they really are because there's not one person in this world who's had an upbringing that's been blessed. I mean, maybe blessed because of how they choose to think about it, but certainly not blessed from winning the lottery every week and and, and meeting wonderful people and doing everything they love. I mean, Mm. life is, is... is it's good that it's not like that. So it's about getting people to start recognising who am I really and how 
honest am I, am I with myself and also with the audience? Mm. And also to allow people to recognise that what you see may not be what you get. Yeah. And that's okay, but that's where you li- you use your open mind to explore that a little bit. And so in them days it was a Hugo Boss suit. Nowadays it's <laughs> social media, isn't it? People sort yeah, of absolutely. You know, put up these highly edited pictures of themselves showing you, you know, mm. showing you mm. that they're leaving from the business lounge, about to go to the northern hemisphere to escape a, a cold week, but they don't show you the shot at 2am in the morning where they're stressing saying is sure. my credit card sort of going to cover this yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that yeah. sort of thing which we've talked about in the past on past episodes so i think that's important so i think that's a great example of again simplifying the game so the concept of you know integrity the rip shirt principle is just to, to simply say to yourself if i know my purpose right the integrity check-in is how well am i living it yeah, and and you know if I'm living it well, then maybe my shirt's got a few rips in it, but it's maybe not as as ripped as it was back then. It's starting to come together more and be a part of who I truly am. Love it, absolutely love it, uh, Rick. I'd, I'd love to break this into um, and and on our next episode, continue speaking to Richard. Okay, uh, because I think we've covered so much here today, particularly around the purpose, and it's going to allow listeners time to actually go away and start to implement some critical key things, I think, in, in their lives. And and we spoke about on last week's episode is is this is the perfect time of the year to, to sort of reshape, you know, reframe reset. and reset what, what you're actually doing in your life. And I think this has been a, a wonderful introduction to Richard Day who has shared some in, in, incredible insights. And again, whilst you're on this episode, gang, if you really want to connect with Richard, it's just potentialist at iCloud.com. And I would strongly recommend you do that. We know that, um, you know, sort of resources like Richard don't come up everywhere and they're not available every day. But this is a guy who is very prepared to engage with you, very prepared to see how best, if at all, he can even help you. And the good thing I know from personal experience with him, if Richard doesn't think he can help you, he'll tell you straight up. So he's not prepared just to take you on for the sake of it. He will coach you if he believes you are coachable and he believes he's got something to sort of add to the value. Richard, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to reconnect with you after what has been a fairly long period of time um, way too long and uh, it's one of those ones where I look back now on people who have helped shape my life and Pete and I often talk about this but um, we are an end product of so many great voices of value in our ears over Mm. the journey and I've had the great fortune of having you as a friend and someone who I've had the great fortune to sort of have your coaching and your mentorship that sort of clearly uh, expedited my sort of success if we want to call it that by helping me identify what I truly valued and what I'm all about and my purpose in life and you know you used to workshop that very very vigorously so I had the great fortune of you know, collaborating with you in a professional sense and a personal sense I can only speak from the heart and say to you that if you're looking for someone because coaching's everywhere in 2019 but if you want to get someone who's been doing it who's time tested and timeless with his universal principles that work across all areas of life you can do no better than my good friend Richard Day so Richard thank you for being a part of Voices thank of Thank you, Rick. And thank you, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure to share some time with you. Thank Thanks, you. Richard. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com, and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.